time, weather, and... The one and only show. It's on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Not the one and only show. The one with a J. This Superman, a determined mother from Guatemala who met a gringo in Mexico. As this individual made her home in the United States, the gringo did whatever it took to travel countless miles to visit her. Stay tuned to hear more about their unique journey. She is now living in the beautiful city of St. Louis, where she had to temporarily set aside her daily responsibilities to attend school and learn sign language allowing her to effectively communicate with her hearing impaired daughter and be sure not to miss her captivating tale of returning to her homeland an intriguing story you won't want to miss so here it is folks give it up for the juan and only isabella swearingen had thought that I named the page because my the first viral TikTok that I had it was my daughter saying the fuck word uh-huh. and she didn't know that that was a bad word and people started thinking oh you named the you, that page because uh, you, you, your kids swear and I was like no that's actually my last name <laughs> <laughs> my so, goodness so how do you pronounce it again swearingen Swearing gin. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say swearing gin, but it's swearing gin, like a gin at the end. My goodness. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, Isabella, welcome to my podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Sorry it took so long for me to say, yes, I'm going to do this. No, no problem. I was hoping to get this done and over with earlier, but I uh, had to go run some errands and that's why I told you, oh, we're just going to have to leave it at 8.30. But it would have been better, if, or it would have been perfect if we had her uh, to do it early. But that's all right. We're here. How come, sure you you des- how come you decided to call your men the gringo? Porque son gringo. <laughs> <laughs> and some people think it's like uh, like a bad thing, but I I don't think so. I just got a gringo. Now, yeah. to him, to say Dan, hey Dan, come over here. You know, I don't say gringo to him, but to people when I tell them and they yeah. laugh. Yeah, everybody on TikTok knows him as the gringo. Hey, there goes the gringo, and then everybody's gonna turn their their faces looking at the people like, "Who are you talking to?" <laughs> yeah, 
you uh you mentioned that you've been here since you were 18 yes right you want all of this in spanish or in english just want to uh, know como quieras lo puedes llegar en español o en inglés como tú quieras it does not matter to me no, no want... importa there's sometimes this is the whole reason i did the podcast because you know i wanted to learn how to communicate with people and then sometimes i get people that uh like you are or latinos and i'm like okay cool you're lat you're latina i'm gonna throw in the spanglish so sometimes there'll be times when i'm talking in english and i don't know como decir una palabra en español now i digo in english y luego lo digo en español so i i would be jumping back and forth so don't be afraid to jump back and forth this is why it's a bilingual podcast okay sounds good well, yes, I, I came here when I was 18, so it's been a long time. I've been here like over, I think, I don't know, 25 years or something like that. So I always wanted to come to the United States. So I graduated um, from school, and two weeks later, I was here in the United States because this is what I wanted to be. So, And then um, I was here for two years and, you know, with a tourist visa. And so, but you can't stay here with that for very long. So right. I had to come here for six months, leave, come back for six months, leave. And then I, the last six months, I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this again. It's too expensive. And I just stayed illegally for the last six months. And, and I remember I went to Blockbuster and to rent a, a movie and they said, Oh, you need this ID and this ID. And I was like, Oh, I don't have any. And they're like, no, you can't rent a movie. And I was like, well, if I can even rent a movie, I'm not going to, I can't do this. And I realized I had to find a way to stay legally because I don't want to not even able to get a blockbuster movie, you know? So I went back to Guatemala after being here for two years and I was trying to learn English and everything. And I went to Guatemala for two years and a half and I was there. Just to, and, and something very dramatic happened when I went back to Guatemala. The day, the first night I arrived, they followed me from the airport to the house with my grandparents where I was living. And there was people with guns and they took us out and said, we're going to kill you if you say do something. And they took everything. They took the car. They took my passport. They knew where I lived. They like... Took everything, all my money, a computer. And so that day I was like, I'm going back to the United States because this is not what I want. And, you know, so it was very from the day I went back, I'm going back to the U.S., you know. So it was like a like a goal. So I was there for two. And I was very, very like scared for a, a long time that I'm like people, they know where I live. They have my passport, all my information. Are they going to think my, my family has money and they're going to kidnap me and things like that? So I was like, okay, nothing happened, but I was scared for a long time. And then I was in Guatemala for two years and a half. And, and then I got a chance to get back here. And so I came and, and I, I came in August of 99. And since then, I never went back. So, and then I came in 99 and... With a tourist visa again, because that's the only way that I could legally be here. Mm -hmm. um, my mom had a sister who was here uh, legally, and she married a guy from Nicaragua. And so I knew I could be with her, living with her for a little while. Um, 
but you know, I was like, okay, I have to do this right. And so I was like, I got to get um, a student visa. That's the only way that I can stay longer, you know? So that was, that was my goal. That's what I got to do. And so I was here for a few months and I was starting to, okay, I'm going to work and try to save money so that I can apply and figure it out and get my, my student visa. And, but then I needed extra time to save money and everything. So I, someone told me, okay, I, you know, to apply, you need to do this. Uh, and I said, well, I need a little extra time because, you know, it's the process to get the, the visa takes a little bit. And someone said, don't go back to Guatemala. It's just too kind of risky. They see you coming back and forth. Just go to Cancun, Mexico for just a couple of days for the weekend and come back. You have six months and then you you, you can get your visa, your, tourism, your student visa. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. And I went um, to Cancun and that's where I met El Gringo. So actually, I met him in Mexico not because a lot of people are like, oh, you went to the United States to meet a gringo. It's like, no, that's not, that was not my goal. That's not my plan. I was not trying to find a, a gringo and marry for the papers. Like a lot of people in TikTok are like, oh, all for the papers. I was like, no, it wasn't like that at all, at all. And so uh, being in Cancun, and I can tell you the whole story how we met. <laughs> so hold when up. we... Uh, hold on right there because... <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness this is awesome this is awesome this is what my podcast is all about man people coming in here and just sharing their life experiences when you were in guatemala and you got back that first night did you notice the people following you and how come they were following you did you were you in like malos pasos como dicen <laughs> no i found out that later that these things were happening at the moment that people were having connections with people inside the airport where, and you know, I had these big bags and I have a big box. I've been in the United States for two years and I didn't know how long I was going to, you know, be. And so I, apparently there was too many flags. They saw me, me and um, my sister. And it was a friend who was picking, uh, one of my sister's friend was picking us all young people and two young girls so they i think they have connection with people and they just went in it was a night so i don't travel at night to guatemala and they just target us and they said oh she's coming because when they stopped us one of the guys pointed at me and said she's the one that's coming from the united states and they pointed at me like they knew exactly how did they know i mean they were not even iphones back then so they had somehow described me and they knew exactly that it was not the other girl that I was the one that I had come from the United States and they took I mean it was like three thousand dollars and computer all my clothes everything my passport everything and the car we found the car like three days later but it was it was my dad's car so I didn't even care so it, but everything was gone and of course nothing was resolved you know that's how things happen and Right. Only because you were coming for the United States and they thought that you had money, that you, that you were like this rich American. I, I know. And I'm, I mean, I didn't have a lot of stuff, but and we it was right in front of my grandfather's house. And 
he was like in his 90s and he couldn't even open the door because he couldn't walk and we were like banging the door i don't even know how we got in and we called the police and the police show up like an hour later and like uh what's going yeah. like nothing nothing they're like okay but in all night we were scared that every car that would drive by we're like terrified and there was nothing that we could do and you just just wait it out you know and it was just my very old grandfather and my sister and i and it was very scary and we didn't live in a really good neighborhood as it was it was very yeah. uh very I mean, like literally, and I talk about this on the TikToks. Like literally, I could walk a few blocks, and there was like prostitutes, you know. Mm -hmm. And and then the market is like very mixed, but it. So I knew it was kind of already kind of scary the area. So, anyways, that's what happened. <laughs> what, what part of Guatemala is this? I'm, I'm from the city. I was always lived, but the city, city, like downtown. Like I could walk past the. Um, where the president lives, you know, like, like I will live like by the white house kind wow. of thing. I yeah. by the, and I will walk to school because my high school was in downtown and I'm all from La Zona Uno, all mm -hmm. the center of Guatemala. Um, now my, my dad was from, a from, um, from another like state kind of thing. Otro estado, otro departamento que le dicen. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother was from another area outside the city and my mom is from the city and my grandfather's from el salvador so a little mix there too okay do you uh you don't happen to follow uh these guys on tiktok with a chapin do you i i know several ones okay. i just don't i i i had them on my podcast and este chapin he was living in I don't remember the small town, but uh, it was like right by the Mexican border. So some oh. some little ranchito. I just heard that podcast. I heard it. Um, I was driving to school uh -huh. um, and I was like, let me listen to it. And I listened to his actually, because he yeah. said he lived border with yeah. um, what I'm trying to get at. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to be straightforward. Like your your skin is so light. So what I'm guessing the people from Guatemala City are different from the people in the outskirts of Guatemala or what's happening here? And, you know, that's funny because a lot of people have come in TikTok and almost like you're not from Guatemala. Who, who do you think you are? <laughs> to or Why are you pretending or like oh, you're just a, a white um, from the Guatemala white? You know, yeah. they call it Guatemalans, which is uh, to say that you're mostly white and you act white in from the latino community so that i'm not very mixed in i don't know how to explain like mestizo que no soy bien mestiza that i don't have as much indian blood as i do so the people see us like oh you're you're not really you're a white melon but if, but if you will see my family like my dad is i mean he's dark Mm -hmm. And he's from the outside of the city because a lot of the people in the city are very light-skinned. Not everybody, but a lot of people are light-skinned. But from my dad, all his family, there's some, my grandfather was a little light-skinned and my grandmother was very dark. My grandfather was very light. So it's a little mixed. And I actually did the 23 and Me. Have you heard of that, that little um, 
genetic test that you put a little of your spit, you send it, and they tell you your genetic. I've heard of it, but I I thought about doing it, but then I'm like, no, I think this is this is a bunch of bull crap. I don't want to no. waste my money. No, and actually, it will tell you even the towns of that you're possible because everything's just and it came that El Salvador and almost exactly where my grandfather is, except for that I had blood from Mexico and from uh, Guatemala, and but in my blood it said I have thirty percent from america from from the continent so 30 percent is indian and 60 percent or whatever i don't remember now 40 50 percent was european as in portugal spain spanish was very so obviously my background are people that came from spain and went to water but the, my grandparents they're all from Guatemala. and my grand-grandparents are over it's not like i i can say oh my grandfather is from spain it's not like that you know it had to be <laughs> way fast down yeah and then i have i mean my my wheel came in all colors like i had african i have one percent jewish i have um i mean i have everything but asian like i don't have asian blood but it was mostly i'm mixed that's what it is but in guatemala most most of the people have darker skin like the guy from this um from mr chapin uh-huh. but there's also there's so many different groups i mean that we even have black people in guatemala yeah. and but that's you don't think about being black and being from guatemala it's a small community but but again, Guatemala, most of the people are, it's like 80% Indian or Indian descent. So there's just a small group that is mixed like me. But I, the, the, the funny part is when I lived in Guatemala, I never saw myself like, oh, I'm, I'm mixed. You know, I'm mis mixtizo. I was just, I'm just from Guatemala. Like I don't, I never yeah. even, but then coming here, people would like, don't think that I'm, oh, are you, um, well, they tell me Greek because of the nose. Are you Italian? Are you, like, that never happened. In Guatemala, it was just, I'm just from here, you know. But it's here that people, now, I'm very short, so that gives it away. People are like, oh, you must be Spanish because you're very short. But <laughs> 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 it's my accent because my accent won't go away. Yeah. Like, I talk, and then people are like, where are you from? You have an accent, and it doesn't matter that I've been here for so long. My accent won't go away. It's, it gives me away that I'm not from here. I know. But, sometimes sometimes people say that I don't have an accent. And sometimes they say that you do have an accent. I feel, I feel like you barely have no no accent. Like your English. <laughs> I cannot remember who I was talking to the other day. I think it was sometime last week. And I, uh, the guy has he asked, asked me where I was from and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? I was, I was from Mexico. I came in uh United States in 01 and I ended up in Georgia. I started school there and I don't know how we got to talking, but he could not, he could tell that my accent was not uh like Mexican, you know, uh, the strong accent. Uh -huh. And then I, and then I was like, well, if you would have met me back in, you know, between 2000 and 2000 and, and five, man, my accent was hard, really hard because I was 
always talking very strong accent. And then I started talking like I remember I was still talking pretty much started talking like this all the time. And it was very, very hard for me to talk like normal. <laughs> no, but I, I actually went because in that interview that you did, the last podcast that you had, it was in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And I almost could see that you had like, like you were born in the United States and, and your language, English, Spanish was your second language. It almost sounded like that a little bit. Damn, that'd so be awesome to trick people probably, too. So I, I thought he must have been born in the United States and raised here and Spanish was from his family, but yeah. English is first language. That's what I thought. I uh, know it was the other way around. I was born in Guadalajara and came here in 01. That's funny because people sometimes when I say, oh, where are you from? I'm like, Guatemala. Oh, Guadalajara. I'm like, no, Guatemala. And they're like, uh, what is that? Like, <laughs> like some people still don't know where Guatemala is. So I was like, oh, it's next to Mexico. Oh, okay. And then they know. People don't know. People people think that Mexico is just one big ass country, but it also has its borders. And people, some people don't know that because they're too ignorant to understand how many borders Mexico has. They only yeah. think that it's South America and then you got North America with only one border. And that's not the case. People need to do their research. No, they don't. Most of the people don't. They really, they, they're just ignorant. They don't know. They don't know. Yeah. So now that now that we're talking about accents and learning English, how did you get? Mira, ya pedí la palabra que quería decir. Ya, por eso es una de las razones que hice este podcast, porque... Yo me trababa mucho uh, con personas hablando en inglés y con personas hablando en español. So dije, voy a hacer un podcast y voy a hablar con todo tipo de personas. And you know what? That happens to me sometimes like, oh, how do you say that in Spanish? And people, you know, they make TikToks about, <laughs> oh my God, you've been here for two days and now you, I don't remember how como hablar español. <laughs> After so long, you do forget. Like I sometimes I've, I've still in English too, I'm like, how do you say this? How do you say? It? And in Spanish too, like, it just happens. Like when I'm in Guatemala, I'm not Guatemalan now for them anymore. They're like, yeah. oh, you're, you're like a gringa now. And when I'm here, there people are like, I'm not American enough, you know. So it's kind of like, like no eres ni de aquí ni de allá, como le dicen. La India Maria. Yeah, you, you, uh-huh. I fit in here, and I like it here, and. But I also like Guatemala, but I feel like I don't fit there anymore. Sometimes people don't see me like, oh, and all other people do, you know. And I think the other thing that I realized is that I don't, my, I think my, my Spanish is like a little flat. And some people said like, you don't even, you don't, I don't use a lot of the words that, you know, the people use in the common because I don't live anymore, you know. And so I think some of those words have. I don't use it, and that's what people sometimes say. Oh, you're not, you don't talk like. Oh, you talk from the like people from the city. I they've told me that. So, so you and I are pretty much the same coming to the U.S. But the only different thing is you came here when you were 18. I came here when I was six. How how did you started to learn English, or how how did you produce you this English? Six, yeah. That's why your English is so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, I, I was in school, but I don't think you had that no. when you come, came here, right? No, I came and, you know, I took English in, 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 in school, but 
when I came here, I was like, I really don't know any English. Like, I probably knew hi and, you know, my name is, but I did not know anything. And the first two years I was here, I was, um, I went to those classes where the Catholic churches gives you a free class once a week and, but they don't give you homework. It's not like very formal and you have all kinds of people with different countries and, and just not, it wouldn't move really fast, the class, like it was very slow, you know? And so I learned some there and I was like, oh, I tried to like only watch TV in English and only listen to the music in English. And I had the dictionary and I'll translate everything and I'll ask. And so I was there, but I, I needed a more of a formal, you know, school to learn. And so those first two years, really, I learned a lot, but I still wasn't like fluent, I think, because when I met El Gringo, I don't think he, I I understood probably like 40% of what he was saying. Not that it didn't matter because they didn't, he didn't care that, you know, and he understood me and, under, but now really going back, I think I did not know English, uh, you know, <laughs> that, that, so the second time I came, when I finally got my, um, my student visa, I went to a community college because that's all I could afford as a foreigner. Because, you know, like as yeah. a foreigner, your school is, if the classes were like, the semester was $600, for me it was $3,000 because oh, yeah. I'm a foreigner. So at that time, I only could afford the community college because my parents were not going to pay for it. I had to pay it on my own. So, and I, they only gave me two years for that visa. And I knew like, I don't know what I'm going to do after two years because I can't four right now a four-year college but i was like oh I'll, we'll figure it out don't worry about it i didn't even worry about that so those two years when i went to community college of course they, they said you need to go in what is esl right english mm-hmm. as a second and i was like no 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 no. i don't want to be there i don't want to be with uh, people from other countries that don't speak english right and that they go hello how are you my name and i was like no 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 i don't want to do that Please just put me in regular classes and I'll learn how, you know, I'll figure it out. I just wanted to be. And they said, well, we're going to put you in remedial classes, you know, classes for, I think what it is, is classes for people that came from high school that didn't really do good. And they need something before they take their classes. I think that's what it was. And so we'll go with that. Yeah. Remedial (laughs) classes. In English, math, they don't count towards a degree, by the way. And so, and then being there, I, that's where I learned really fast. Just be taking classes and I was studying and I would like, um, take the videos and math and memorize every word. And I was very diligent about, you know, studying. I think that's when it came faster when I was in those. So I think I did just two years of, uh, remedial and, when my visa was done, I got married by coincidence. It was not like I was like, ah, oh, gringo, I, we need to get married because <laughs> I really need my, my, my papers because I it wasn't like that. I never, now people don't believe that, but I never told them like, uh, my visa is going to expire. We're in a relationship. Uh, we need to never, I never mentioned anything. I just never worry about it. And it just happened at the right. same time. Like when my visa expired, I, I got married and then I was able to go to a 
four-year college and finish my my and I transferred some classes that I had taken in Guatemala on those two years that helped me towards some of towards that degree and I got um and but I remember even being in college sometimes I was like I had a class I remember and the the teacher was from India with a very thick accent and it was class and I was like I, I don't know how I'm gonna like I couldn't and he even said you better not complain because you can understand me because even all the people could not understand him very well it was really hard but I learned a lot like you need to figure it out right and so I finished college and um then I got a master's degree and but still till today El Gringo comes like that's not how you say that that, that's that you I don't know words to still like sometimes like how do you say that or how what I never heard of that word it still happens so I I feel like I'm still learning you know he's still correcting me I am glad that you chose to get out of ESL or refuse to take any ESL classes I remember back in my high school well I only did one year freshman high school in Georgia before I moved to Kansas. They put me in the ESL class or program or whatever the hell they had going on. And all I, all I could remember is when we had a test on my regular classes, uh, the teacher would look at me and he would say, she would say, uh, go to Ms. Gonzalez class. That was the ESL teacher. <laughs> and that, that's where her room was. I swear. When I went in there, everybody was speaking Spanish. There was no English speaking. And the teacher was giving us all the answers to the to the exam or whatever. It's like they had a code, her and the other teachers. After we got done with our test, we got sent back. I tell you, if I could go back and had to choose between taking ESL or not taking ESL, I don't think I would because I would have been way better without it. I know when I was in the other class, I met people from other countries that or not people that just spoke English. And when I met people that spoke other languages, they were trying to learn. They would just speak English because they didn't speak. They like had this friend that was Turkish. He will only speak his language. I don't know his language. So we will have to force ourselves to speak in English, you know. And so that was more helpful than being there and saying, oh, no. And I just didn't want to be in ESO because I had kind of experienced that before. And I was like, uh, this is not going to work. But I learned English. I so, learned the, English. so. Okay, when they when they offered you ESL, that was in, already in college, right? That was in in college. It was in okay. Uh, so, I, I was going to ask you. You probably didn't run through the trouble with your other classmates that you refused to take ESL and they would make fun of you because we did had a couple of people that did not take ESL and then they would make fun of of them. They would be like, "Oh, don't hang out with that guy. He's such a gringo," and and he just want to hang out with the Americans. I was like, well, I mean, that's what we're supposed to do, right? Learn learn their culture and crap. No, I finished school in Guatemala. I knew I had to finish there before I before I could come here. I had to, like, I graduated, and two weeks later, I was here. And I almost, I almost missed my graduation, but I was like, you know what? No, I have to go, and then I leave. And, you know. So what, what are you going to school for now? Well, right, right now... So I've been, so my daughter, my middle daughter, she's deaf and she has an interpreter in school and she's, she went to a deaf school here in Missouri, um, to learn how to talk. And it's a long story of how we found that she was deaf, but, um, she is oral. She went to an oral school, so she speaks, but she has hearing aids and I've always been 
very passionate about pushing her into the deaf community. I don't want her to, for the deaf community to see her as like, you don't belong because you don't sign or you're not part of us. And I want her to create that identity of, I am part of the deaf culture. I'm proud to be deaf. And there's such a pride in being deaf. It, once I've learned so much about that, there's a, a pride. Not, it's, this is not a disability. This is not something's wrong. I, it's just, I'm just deaf. And, and so I taking classes, you know, in the deaf community and learning sign language. But this year she's actually has an, no, this is her second year that she has an interpreter and she's learning faster. And I also want to learn to use it with her. And, and that's all the reason why we, my kids don't speak Spanish because I've been highly criticized uh, about why you didn't teach her because her being deaf, I was speaking Spanish to to them when they were babies, and then she was she she was four years old. It's a long story of why I'm taking classes. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And then, um, by the time she was four, she didn't talk, and we couldn't figure out what it was. We took in several doctors. We will go to this. She was in speech therapy. She went to special schools, and nothing. And she was getting worse and worse. Like she, her behavior was really bad. I couldn't take her to places. She would scream. She, I had made books with pictures, like, but never, ever I thought she would be deaf because I don't have anybody in my family that's deaf and nobody in my husband's family that's deaf. Mm -hmm. But we did the genetic test uh, and we both had the, de the deaf gene. So it just happened that we both had it and it's probably my family, but they never, they explained it to me like, they're probably married of the people who didn't have the genes, so they didn't pass out, whatever. It happens like that. And same thing with the blue eyes. All my kids have blue eyes. But yeah. nobody, nobody ever in my family has blue eyes. Nobody. Not my parents, not my grandparents, not my cousins, not my thousand uncles, and nobody. But they said, you have the gene, you know, and your husband has the blue gene. And it was like a 50-50 chance you flip the coin and the three coins happen to be blue. But I could never think that I that I had the blue gene, just like I didn't know I had the the deaf gene. So, anyways, she had behavior issues, and she was um, I couldn't even brush her hair, couldn't cut her nails. It was just such a bad. But finally, they no, they finally they um, they diagnosed her, and we put her in the, the in the school oral school, and we went through the whole thing. But so they told me. I don't know if it's right now. I, I've been trying to analyze that lately, but they told me she doesn't speak anything. She doesn't speak sign. She doesn't use sign language. She doesn't speak Spanish. She doesn't speak English. She is a mess. She's about to turn four. And the first five years of language is very important. She needs to uh, find a way to communicate. You need to, we have to start with one because she's so behind. And, and of course that comes from a deaf oral school. I don't know if I, they would have given me a choice for sign language, but it, the oral is so strong, especially with the audiologists and, and doctors that I didn't know if I it would have been better, another option. I'm glad she speaks, but I wish now that I could have still throw some Spanish or some sign language in there, but the deaf school was very like, you need English, 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 English. And then they will tell it teach me how to read to her, how to use her so she could learn vocabulary, how to, and so I, stopped Spanish and English for her became the most important. And then 
um, the, you know, you're busy and it gets um, like so much that's going on. Like we had the three kids, we have works, we have everything. It's hard to push that in Spanish because El Gringo doesn't speak Spanish. And my neighbors usually are not Spanish speakers. I don't have friends that speak Spanish. I don't have family that lives close. My mom lives in another state. My sister lives in another state. We don't see each other very often. Um, and it's always been just El Gringo's family and they only speak you know, English. So I couldn't like, and the other reason, I, I changed topics, but I'll go back. Um, the other thing is my, um, I homeschooled my kids for many years. Like last year was their first year that actually they went to, except for the deaf school, when she graduated, she, mm. she came, I homeschooled them. And like my son went all the way to sixth grade at home and he went to school at seventh grade. And so homeschool had to be in English. Because the curriculum comes in. I taught him how to read to my other two kids in English. I was not going to do it in Spanish. So we will open the, you know, the books for social uh, history or for math. And it was all, and sometimes we will do school in the morning. Sometimes we'll do school in the night. So changing, switching that from English to Spanish is very, I mean, people think like, it's just easy to speak Spanish to your kids. And it's not that when you're, the language you have is the minority, you know, because their friends all speak English, even right. if they're Hispanics, you know, they only speak English. Um, and it's such an influence, the TV, the music, and switching from gringo from English, it's just not, it's not naturally happens. So that's why my kids don't, not because, oh, I don't want my kids to speak Spanish. No, I never, I, my intention was that they were going from when they were little, but it just didn't happen. And then, Going back to the, I tried to push the sign language. Oh, we had to take sign language classes. We have to learn this. So finally, I was like, you know, I'm going to have to take it more seriously, not just take these classes here and there, but actually take and go back to college and take them so that I can learn it the right way and, you know, with the, the grammar and the whole thing. So I'm taking ASL1, which I kind of know most of it so far. But it's so structured that I've been learning like the better way, the grammar way, and because it's very different from from English. Almost seems seems a little bit to Spanish. Like first is the thing, and then the adjective. You know, uh -huh. like in Spanish, yeah, bonito, and then it's kind of like that. It switches, and so I think it's harder for English speakers. So I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. But then, and then I take in deaf studies about learning how to. So, so you, so you're taking deaf classes. Deaf so it's two is ASL one, American Sign Language one, and deaf studies, which is just about um, learning about deaf culture and what's the history of it and what's you know the right things to do, the the things not to do. What is the the deaf culture? And I talk too much. Sorry. I talk too much. No, no this, is, this is just perfect. Así quiero que sea mi podcast, que venga oh, la no. gente. I was like, oh, no, I talk too much. I was telling her, like, oh, no. Uh, two of my friends, they they got their own podcast as well, and I was listening to one of their podcasts, 
It's called the CND's Booze Reviews, by the way, people. Go check it out and, and take a good listen to it. They're they're pretty good. I, I'm impressed of the work that they've been doing. But they mentioned that uh well, no, hold on. I'll tell you something. Ah. Uh, I told El Gringo about your podcast and I was like, oh, it's called the Juan and Only. And he was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> he was like, that is the the awesome awesome name. He thought it was hilarious. I, I hey, I'll have him on too if he wants to. <laughs> uh okay, so my buddies they they were mentioning on this podcast saying about how sign language is the same, it's pretty much universal. Is that the case? Is sign language for every language? Nope. No, how, so, it's like the same, same, same hand movements. I don't No, it's different. It wow. So in Guatemala, they have uh Spanish sign language. It's different. It's similar in some things, like I don't know, I don't all the only thing I remember is this is I in American Sign Language, and they do it like this. So for people that know sign language, they could probably pick it up. I imagine it's kind of like Portuguese to Spanish that you kind of, oh, I kind of understand, but not really. You know, it's different. And there's uh, British Sign Language. There's uh, French Sign Language. Every country has their own own sign language. It's com- this is just American Sign Language. I think it's only used in the United States and Canada, from what I understand. and it's, and also, there's all these communities like blacks have a little bit of different sign language, but yeah. now usually most they use mostly just American sign language. But when they started in the '60s and '70s, they would they had their own kind of, and the Native Americans have a little bit of their own. So it's kind of interesting. But officially, American sign language is a language. So um, just like British, and, but it's different in every country. In fact, I think Mexico has their own too. It's, it's different than the one from Guatemala. It's just very interesting. I yeah, I would have know. This is the first time I I talked to somebody that's actually doing the sign language stuff. Uh, but wh- but whoever created this sign language, they messed up. They should have made it <laughs> universal where everybody is one hand signal. Well, they said there's one that's kind of used as when they do these conventions, but it's not. It's just like so that everybody is more like visual and but it's still everybody has their own. And I, I, I what I am I, from learning in the class that we came from um, French had their sign language. And then so this American guy called um, I don't remember his name, but he saw this little deaf girl that wanted to. You know, and he's like, oh, she needs to learn. So he traveled to Europe. And this is like when he had to go on a boat and everything. Mm-hmm. And he went to uh, actually to Britain and said, I want to learn. But the British had were very um, didn't want to share anything. So he decided to go to France and they were welcome and they taught him and everything. I believe this is Gallaudet, Gallaudet. And he came back to the United States and he's a hearing man. And he established the first school in the United States. And, and he came with someone from friends and so when they came here they kind of like mix the french with english because some words are like english based and some are french based so they mix this new and created sign language and and, and they went and it adapted to the people that already had some signs and they established all the deaf schools in america and that's why in in washington uh, the school is called Gallaudet University because mm-hmm. he's the founder and it's the only university 
in the world that uses only sign language. You have, you like, I cannot go to that school. Um, it's just for deaf people. Right. Unless I want to learn uh, um, to be an interpreter or if I want to learn um, related deaf studies. So like if I want to do a audiology or something related to that, I'm allowed to as a hearing person. But it's just for deaf people. So, so, so are, are you going to school to communicate with your daughter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm trying to be open. Like, I don't know if in the future I'll be an interpreter or right. not. I'm just going part time. At least I want to learn to communicate with the deaf community, with deaf people. And for some reason here in St. Louis, the community is really big. Like there's a lot of events, there are clubs, there's, um, and in fact, uh, like a couple of months ago, I went to a deaf party to, you know, to raise money for the mm -hmm. deaf community. And it was so, I know a lot, even the, the, the gringo was like, you know, a lot of sign language, a lot of, like, I went there. And it had kind of the same thing that happened to me when I came to the United States. Like, oh, I know a lot of English. And then I realized I don't know anything. And I went to this party. Everybody was deaf or it was interpreters. And we had a voice interpreter, but it was like, I really don't understand. Because, you know, they're going fast. Yeah. And I I was like, I still don't know anything. And that kind of realized I had to, I had to go to college and really take it seriously if I really... Want to move on, you know, from the ABC, the colors, the animals, and just the basic words. And you know, my daughter is kind of like, it's time to sleep. Mm -hmm. um, can you help? Yeah, I know all those, but yeah, conversations with adults, I'm like, I don't think I can follow. And the way their fingerspell is so fast that I'm getting better. But again, I like last week we went. I haven't posted about that, but um, we went to a deaf awareness. Um, cardinals game and we went with the deaf community i could not understand a whole lot and i, I was able to pick up oh i think she's saying they're going to do this uh, raffle and but still and then they sat us i guess they figured out they're deaf so they sat us in an area and the music was so loud and el gringo was like <laughs> oh like the spanish people so loud and i'm like yeah they're all deaf nobody cares they they can hear it and he's like but i can hear it. we need to go it was so <laughs> <laughs> so i am trying to learn to communicate with her uh to stay and i and i also want her to learn spanish but it kind of became like you know maybe in the future you're learning sometimes i start saying things and they're like oh don't don't start with your spanish is too much that we don't understand and they understand some they understand some mm -hmm. But barely. And my son, for some reason, he understands a lot when I speak, but he will respond in English, you know, but he understands. I think it's because he I did speak only Spanish when he was in the first three, four years. But then he went away and he has this, you know, and he in Spanish. He's like the teacher doesn't know anything. <laughs> That's what he told me. I know the I had a hard time taking Spanish class as well because. Every everybody, all my classmates were like, "Oh, we should go to we should go to Juan because he's uh he's really good at Spanish." No, because you got the stupid accent marks and the way you say things, like saying una alberca para mí es una alberca para ellos es piscina, para mí es una pluma para ellos es un bolígrafo. And I'm like, what the heck? Para para mí es un carro para ellos es un auto. I'm like, man, uh, like it's so rough and confusing. I was a Spanish teacher for many years. And I had Spanish students and most of them were either from Mexico, El Salvador. And 
they were like, no, you're, and I had to teach, you know, I had to teach English, uh, Spanish as kind of what they tell me, right? So I, even though I didn't know about el boceo, el, no, no el boceo, but el de vosotros, mm -hmm. I'd never, but I had to learn it to teach it. And my students were like, I, that's, that's just weird. Wait, it, wait. it is weird. To Joe, hablo tú, hablas él, habla nosotros, otros hablais, and like we don't have to, we don't need to learn. I was like, yeah, but we have to teach it. That's what they say. We have to teach all of them, uh, even though they're like well, nobody uses that, and it was true. But nobody does. There's a song in Spanish that I put on my kids. Es de la vecerario. Y ya ves que en la vecerario de España tiene la A B C D E F H Uh -huh. and in the spanish song i was like oh thank goodness they they don't have this because it's regular like the one in america abc through through z and i'm like this is perfect i don't have to worry about them asking me about la c and h two letters in the alphabet that are together i know i know but it's uh i taught spanish for many years but it was just too much i didn't want to do that I don't. I don't want to go back and teaching. It's just too much work. But but it, that's that's okay right now because you have better priorities right now. You have to learn this so you can communicate with your daughter. I know. I know. I'm trying to. Now I feel like I I should have taken more classes because they're the first two classes, so they're not as hard. I build, I feel like as we move, it'll get harder. So maybe now I should have taken the four classes instead of two. But I didn't know I could handle. You know, like I work. I have three kids, two dogs, and I have um, a family, and I have to make TikToks, and it's like I can't, you know, have more on me. So I was like, I think just two classes will be enough for now. But I think I'm gonna learn a lot. So how many? How many kids you got? I had three. And out of those three, you got the only daughter that. that only kid. one. Only one. Yes. Yeah. So my oldest is 15. And is here, and then she is uh, 12 and is deaf, and then my little one is 10 and she's hearing. And you know what? One of the things that I've learned in the years is like 95% or 93, I think it's 93% of, uh, of deaf kids are born of hearing parents. That that is like, is it doesn't happen. The other, like I, I, I meet all these deaf families and they're like, Oh yeah, I'm third generation deaf. There's a lot of this. There's some genes that are stronger in the deaf community, but most of them is deaf kids of hearing parents. Is that's like most of them, mm -hmm. which is really hard because that's why now with technology and all the cochlear implants and parents are choose and they don't give you a choice, right? Because all your life you didn't know about deafness, you didn't know about all, so automatically the doctor says you have to implant your child, you have to put hearing aids, you have to do oral language they don't give you you can use sign language and that's why the deaf community is a little bit like hesitant especially the old uh deaf people they're not too open of all this new generation there's all implanted all right. hearing aids because they had a different experience because all this older deaf people were at the when they were in their time, the technology wasn't as good. It was in like in the 80s. Implants are here for like 23, 25 years. It's technically new, new thing. And it's improved so much through like the years. And now the implants are so good. Like my daughter was going in this deaf school 
90% of the kids are implanted and it's only like 10, 15% that is have hearing aids. The right. kids, right, when they graduated, if you didn't see their implants, you could never tell that this kid was deaf. Like their, their speech is almost perfect. Like nobody could tell. It is because they, they're implanting their ba- the kids when they're babies. Now, like before when they would implant a kid at seven or eight or in their teenage years or older. And so they're having so much access to the sound at an early age that they almost don't have that deaf accent that they talk about, that older people have that deaf accent. I don't see it very much. I see a few kids that maybe had a, a nerve that didn't was not able to put in or they had other issues, but like 95% of these new kids have no, like my daughter has no deaf accent. Like if she has hair down, you wouldn't even tell. But I did not want my daughter not to to do both, to be oral, but to also learn sign language and to be able to communicate because her deafness is also progressive. So she's going to keep losing hearing. And maybe when she gets to college, I don't know, she'll lose it all. And so she already has language. So it's not like she won't, even if she loses her hearing, she will still have language. Because once you acquire language, you don't lose it. She might lose a little bit of the accent a little bit because you you don't hear yourself. But I told her, like, if you don't want to get an implant, you can still talk and use sign language. You don't have to rely on the surgery. And if you choose to have the surgery and have the implants, then go ahead. You know, at least you have a choice. And you can just like learning English and Spanish, you know, it's great that you can speak two languages. Why not? Yeah. I wanted her to be like, yeah, I can use both. I can sign with that deaf person and I can talk when I need to, you know. And she likes talk. She likes to talk a lot. And and she likes the sign language as well. And I've had pushed because she saw she will tell you I'm deaf. I'm deaf. And she identifies herself like that. So um so yeah. Are your other kids finding the way to communicate with her? Well they they talk with her. Okay. But they they know. So like in the school that my daughter was going last year, there was deaf kids everywhere. Like that's why we moved here to San Luis so that we could be in the special schools district because they have interpreters in every class. They have interpreters in every sport, everything. Uh, it, it's like amazing. amazing. And there's deaf kids. You will, I will go to the school and say, a deaf kid, another deaf kid. And so they don't feel like different because they're like, oh, just like a lot of other kids, you know? And my I didn't, young- I, I didn't know San Luis had it in them. Way to go, yeah. San Luis. I know. And also there's a strong oral that we have two deaf oral schools that are very strong. So it's kind of like, like this too, you know, and they don't like to each other a whole lot. I, I see it from my, <laughs> my teachers are deaf yeah. and you could, and they're older, they're in their fifties. And I can tell that they still have a little bit of that. Don't like that. They only push because it's true. Yeah. And the oral here, you're not allowed to sign. You're not allowed to. You cannot have inter. No, this here's for speech. You know, and and it's based on the Abraham Bell Association, because you know he his wife Abraham Bell, um, his wife was deaf, his mother was deaf, and he was trying to find a way to learn his mom and the wife to to hear. And so by what he created was the telephone instead, which is funny because the telephone is not for hearing people because they can't use it. 
you know, but he, that's what he was trying. He was trying to create something that will help deaf people. He was a deaf teacher and he ended up creating the telephone, which by the way, for 90 years, he, deaf people couldn't use the phone until iPhones had started coming. They could right. use it, but they couldn't use the dial. So, and he was, and then he was very, um, he had these ideas about, he didn't want, um, deaf people to marry and be close and have more deaf kids. He was against that. So the deaf people don't like the guy. He's mm -hmm. like the Abraham Bell, but he was very uh, important, I think, in the deaf community as well. And they are the ones that created all these oral schools. And so that's why they're against each other. But where, where were you guys before St. Louis? Well, we've moved a lot. My goodness, so, just because you were trying to find a better place for your daughter el trabajo del gringo también that his job <laughs> move a lot um so before we were uh, near chicago not in this downtown chicago we're like an hour away mm -hmm. but um we were near chicago we we're there for like four years i think before that we were here in missouri but we were in like o'fallon like a different city like i don't like i don't even go there e ever anymore so i feel so, like that's so o'fallon is close to st louis can no like well i'm like maybe 40 minutes i think from o'fallon but i never go there you yeah. know so i'm closer to the city now and i actually like it better that um but but i feel like i was in missouri but it's completely different you know the, the schools and everything and before and then we were there for maybe four years too before that we were in pennsylvania i think for a year before that, we were in Missouri for like uh, a year, I think. Um, and be then we before we were in Miss Northern Mississippi, we were close to the border of Tennessee. I was teaching in Memphis city schools, and but we were living in Northern Mississippi. And before that, we were in New Orleans. In New Orleans, I think I did that all of them. We almost went to Las Vegas, but we didn't. They didn't happen. So. But we want to stay here now because before we had the the kids were homeschooled, so we could go and they were little, you know, yeah. they didn't care. But now as they're getting older, they're like, oh, I mm -hmm. want to be with my friends. And we want them, now that they're in school, we want them to stay and not continue to change schools, you know. I went to college today and then I arrived at class and they're like, uh, we're, which is, it helped me actually, because it was like, we canceled the class. He emailed and was like, it's going to be online. I'm like, online i never checked the emails and then i checked said yeah go to the zoom the link and zoom and i was like okay so i downloaded the um the, the app uh -huh. phone and because i've never done zoom in my phone and then i was like you know what now that i set it up i'm just gonna do it on my phone because i had had to finish the class online which was very interesting my goodness so how long you been with el gringo uh okay I'm over so, here calling him. So, <laughs> I met him in 19. So I met him on a Friday the 13th. Oh, so I should goodness. have, but I didn't turn out to be. Uh, Friday the 13th in August 1999. So that's like 23 years, I think. 23, I think. 23, 24. I'll have to make the numbers. And um, so I met him in August. And and honestly, I, I met him. And I was like, I'm never going to see him. I don't know. Like, 
I honestly just met him. Like he, I went to um, this Fat Tuesday bar thing where we were going to take a little boat to uh -huh. East Pettis. And so I was just, because I was by myself. So I, I sat there and he came and he asked me, what, uh, do you know what time is it? And I was like, you know, I could understand that in Spanish, in English. Oh, what time is it? Like, that was the basic. I was like, oh, it's 6.15. Oh, okay. And then he left. That's it. Then the line started moving to the boat. To, and so I was like, oh, the line is moving. And I go. And then he's in front of me. And I was like, he's going to think I'm following him. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And, and he saw me. And I was, we just smiled. I was like, oh, God. And so when we went to the boat, he went to the right. And I was like, well, I'm going to the left. Because, and then during the boat, I never saw him. Like, well, you know, they give drinks and music and everything. We arrived to Isla Mujeres. And then I was like, there's a buffet style kind of. So I got my food. And then I went and sat by the beach. There were some tables. I was like, I'm going to eat. And then there he goes, El Gringo. And he's like, can I eat with you? I was like, okay. You know, and I already had a few drinks. What we, did we talk? I don't remember. I probably my in, bad English in his, but it didn't matter. We right. danced night, we kissed, and then I even I think he had a camera. And we had like our first picture was that day when I met him, and so then we took the boat back and and he dropped me at my hotel, and then he's like, "Let's meet," because we didn't have iPhones, you know, it wasn't like yeah. now. So he's like, "Oh, we'll meet tomorrow at El Mall Caracol, Caracol." I was like, "Okay, I'll be there." And we met the next day. He's like, oh, you know, let's go tonight to this um, pirate show boat. And and I was like, sure, you know. And I was I didn't have any money. Like, I only had like $25 to pay the Mexican um, airport to go mm -hmm. back to the United States. And I was like, he better pay because I have no money. No <laughs> money. And so we went and he paid and it was like, lobster and the pirate show and it was awesome we had a great time and that was saturday so i met him friday saturday and then sunday he's like um i had to leave so we said and he showed me he drew where was missouri i never heard missouri in my life i didn't know where that is i was living in new orleans and i was like okay and he gave me i think the email because i didn't have a phone or anything right. and i thought i'm never gonna see him ever again this is just i just met him you know that's it and I go back to the United States and I get my, my time and my six months. And then he emails me and then I gave, I gave him my home number that where I was living. And he's like, I'm going to go to New Orleans in two weeks. And I was like, oh, okay, you can come. And he came and I knew New Orleans because I had been there for two years already. And so I show him the French Quarter and I show him the, the, um aquarium and we we did all these things and i showed him everything like i was a great and then and that was it and he met my mom so and so that's when after mexico after cancun he met my mom two weeks later if you want to think it was like it went all fast and then he left and i was like i never see him again he's never gonna come you know like i always thought that's it and then he called he emails me and it's like i'm gonna be there in two weeks i was like again he's coming again Okay, I was like, I guess. So, and then we, I took him touring everywhere, and we went to the movies. I already had bought my car, and and I said, and then we went to see the movies, and, and we were like, that's where we talked. Like, are we dating? Are we boyfriend? Yeah, oh, okay. And then, technically, a month after 
Cancun, we, we made it official. And, and then he, we decided, okay, we're going to do this relationship. And he, he's like, oh, guess what? Thanksgiving's coming. Uh, my family does Thanksgiving. Uh, I want you to come for Thanksgiving, meet my family. And I was like, okay. And so I go and meet his family. And they were a little bit like, you went to Cancun and met this girl from like, are you sure? Okay. But <laughs> they were, I know they were great. I love them. Um, my in-laws were the most awesome people. They already passed away, but my, my mother-in-law was the sweetest lady ever. Like, mm-hmm. I love her. And um, I met all the family and did the whole food and the whole, like, the American way, you know, the whole thing. And and then for a whole year, we were, I will go there one month, he will come the next month. And, and you know, people will tell him like, oh, no, eso de lejos de pendejos, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> y así me lo decían a mí también, no, esto que tú te crees que tú tienes una relación con un gringo que está en, nah, ese tiene, yo pues, no, no, es for real, for real. Y entonces así íbamos eh, un año. Y el siguiente verano, que fue en el año 2000, um, me dice el gringo, oh, I'm going to go and work in New York for a few months. Do you want to come? And I was like, to New York? I've never been in New York. I, 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 it was during the summer, so it didn't interrupt the classes. I was like, I'm going to New York. And we were there for like two months. <laughs> and, um, and actually, the first day we arrived in New York, he's like, oh, let's walk in. Because we were in a, an apartment very close to uh, Central Park. He's like, Let's go walk. And I was like, no, we're tired. I'm trying. No, no, come on. I was like, fine. We went. And then he proposed in Central Park, New York. And I was like, ah. So it's exactly almost almost a year. It was like 11 or 10 months after I met him. And then I got engaged. Um, and right after New York, I took him to Guatemala. And he met my father. And, and then that was 2000 because we still have the Twin Towers. It was exactly mm-hmm. the year before. And we still saw the Twin Towers and everything. Next year, we got married in July 2011. And 9-11 happened a few months after that. That's why I remember we had just gotten married. Yeah. And and then he quit his job in Missouri. And he moved to New Orleans so that we could live, you know, together. And that's where we started moving. And he started working for the casino. Casino. He's been working with the casino industry. So because of the casino industry, they, in order to be promoted, they move you. You have yeah. to be willing to move, you know. Um, and so we didn't move for a while, but then we're, and then Katrina, remember? Hurricane yeah. Katrina, we were in New Orleans for that. And so he was working at the casino, the one that's in downtown New Orleans. And they were like, well, either we don't know if we're going to reopen. So it's either you take another position in another casino or you're out of the job and so we were like okay and we didn't know because it was so chaotic you know the whole thing that was going on and with the super dawn everything so they were like we're gonna move and we looked for whatever was closer so we went to northern mississippi and that's where we lived that's where the kids were born in mississippi and my girls were born in tennessee we moved there and that's when we started moving for all these places but um i like new orleans I just don't think I will live there again. So is your husband still working for the uh, casino industry? 
No, uh, he's going to go back um, to the casino industry. He's done it for so long that it's almost hard to, you know, it's like if you work in, in a banking. Yeah. And then you try to, it's very hard to switch. So he's been in the casino industry for so long that it's hard to, I'm going to change. So he's going to go back to work in the casino. And this is another story. Um, we were living in Chicago and his job, he was the vice president of marketing for all these casinos. Mm -hmm. It was very uh, stressing and he was working too many hours. And so one day he comes and he's like, I'm, I'm going to quit my job. And I was like, okay. He's like, let's go to Guatemala for a few months and we'll see what we do. And I was like, <laughs> I even tell him like, if you were to marry a white girl, she would have divorced you. <laughs> but I was uh, okay. Quit your job. You know, money is money comes and goes. Uh, if you need a time off, you know, and need to like, you know, because you if you make all this money, right, and then you're not happy and you're not enjoying it, then it's not, you know. And yes, we have kids and everything, but so he quit his job. We sold the house we had. Um, we sold everything. And we packed everything. We went and moved. And we went to Guatemala for like three months. Um, but again, we couldn't stay in Guatemala and live there because my daughter needs speech therapy. She has, she needs to go to the uh, ENT every month. She has, she needs a special services. And we're like, we had to go back to the U.S., you know. And my son, he's a teenager. He He's like, I want to go into the United States and go to school there. Um, my my daughters were in a school in Guatemala and they loved it. Even though they couldn't speak very well, the kids were super wonderful. But my kid was like, I want to go back to the United States. I want to go to high school. And so we had to come back. But he's my husband's going to go back to work pretty soon. So it's enough of the break. It's been over a year. So he's happy to go back now. Hey, boy, so I bet I got to wrap this up. Yep. It definitely has been really fun adventurous conversation and i just want to say thank you for for an awesome story and hopefully my thank listeners you. enjoy it uh before you go you got any shout outs you want to give out to anybody that you can think of no, just follow the one and only follow me on tiktok and maybe soon i'll open youtube but no i don't know don't have time for it yet but yeah, t tell us a little bit on on your TikTok. How how can they follow you? What's your name on there? And family, um, I just do a little bit of everything. It's about the family. It's like a blog kind of thing, funny anything. I don't have it like a plan for it, but it's just you know sharing my family and and of course some people have criticized me because they think oh I'm. You put in the El Gringo like it's the great thing. It's like, no, it's just my husband. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen those yeah. comments. Oh, yeah. And um, but yeah, there's a little bit about my deaf kid, a little bit about. How do you pronounce that name again? Swearingen. <laughs> I'm going to put it up. I'm going to have to put the link up here. That way my listeners will know and kind of check you guys out and whatnot. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Bye. Get a moment of your time to get a couple things off my mind. A 
couple things off my chest, weight off my shoulder. Can I get a moment of your time to get a couple things off my mind? A couple things off my chest, weight off my shoulder. Yeah. All you vatos might as well get used to me Cause I'm the same fool nowadays that I used to be That's who I am, not something that I choose to be You wouldn't want to change either if you were me I'm from the hood and I got it good I did it the same way The way they never thought I could